Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. This week we have a really interesting guest. He's an entertainer, he is a ventriloquist, he's a magician, he is a man of many talents, um, and he has a special love for the Orthodox Jewish community. Um, he's not Jewish himself, um, and with the story that he'll share with you, with us this morning, uh, we'll get to hear a little bit about how he got to know, uh, you know, many Jews in the Orthodox community and kind of how they're interacting in his life today. His name is John Peasy, um, and he's one of the hottest rising comics in the entertainment industry. He's brought a unique brand of comedy to audiences around the country. He's opened acts for entertainers like um, Joy Bahar, Weird Al Yankovic, um, and he's performing as a natural headliner at comedy clubs, resorts, colleges, theaters across the U.S., He's starring in a one-man show of comedy, magic, and ventriloquism, adaptable from 15 minutes to an hour of comedy. All right, and he's a regular in Vegas as well. And today he is on uh, Jew in the City Speaks. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Allison. I'm happy to be here, actually. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, so, so we connected kind of um, in a little bit of an unusual way. Uh, we didn't know each other um, a little while back, but I saw a post that you put on Facebook concerning the Orthodox community, which piqued my interest. Uh, then I connected with you, and we got to talking, and uh, your story was so interesting that I wanted to share it with our audience today. So I guess if you could start off telling us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, what your religious background is, um, kind of, you know, where where your life started off. Okay, well... Uh, yeah, it is an interesting story, and it is weird how we've meet, met already. Um, I was born in uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, um, right next to Borough Park, and my family was from Europe, but I was raised Christian, yet I was next to Borough Park, and my mom uh, was very well-known back in the 70s in Borough Park. She was a piano teacher, and a lot of the Jewish community uh, had pianos and were always teaching their children how to play music of all kinds, and my mom was teaching. She became very popular in that area in Borough Park. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happened was, as a kid, I was kind of like raised almost Jewish, even though I was, I was went to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. um, and I was familiar with the community. And uh, to me, I had a, an affinity for them because I was close to, you know, proximity-wise, mm -hmm. as well as when I would come home, my mom would come home from work and, and she'd be bringing home these great knishes and, and uh, pastrami and et cetera from Borough Park. So I kind of grew up around the community, but wasn't really raised Jewish, but kind of. I, I would say I was kind of raised Jewish, but not really. Like Jew-ish. Uh, Jew-ish. Yeah, kind of. And yeah. so do you have any specific memories? Was it just your mom bringing home food, or did you get to also hang out with her students? Or do you have any specific memories of playing with or hanging out with uh, these religious Jews? Well, what happened was, is uh, as I, you know, as, as a young person, like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, um, I was learning magic. I, magic was my big thing, and uh, my mom's business of being a piano teacher was overwhelmingly busy. And her father, my grandfather, was uh, a piano tuner, and so they were, you know, he was tuning the piano. She was teaching him, and she was always overwhelmed, and she was constantly being asked to take on new students. So, uh, when I was a teenager, about fourteen or fifteen. Um, uh, I she asked me, can you help me out with some of the people that are coming in, just with the basics? And I said, sure. So I started teaching some piano lessons in Borough Park myself, just the very rudimentary lessons, the simple things, um, learning how to, you know, from the very beginning books. And and then later on she would pick them up and, you know, grow them into a better direction than 
my rudimentary. But um, so yeah, I, I got to hang out in that community very often, and and I was kind of um, always. I just had a nice affinity. I just noticed the families were really very kind, giving, and very uh, polite. And um, the kids were great, and so were the parents. I mean, it was just a different community that, I, you know, just up the road was a little bit different. In my neighborhood, everyone was Italian and Irish. And, uh, and down the block, everyone was Jewish. And, it, and it, was, it was just a nice cultural cross for me. And... Growing up on the other side of the block, you know, where you came from, uh, where your friends were not Jewish, were there things that you noticed growing up about how people who hadn't had the same personal interactions that you did with the Orthodox community? What, were the, what was their view kind of from afar? That was the whole case in point. I, I noticed um, other people in my neighborhood would look upon them with judgment. And I remember thinking, I, I didn't understand why. And I, I did because I had empathy for everyone, and yet... I noticed people would judge them negatively, and not badly, but just, I guess it's foreign to other people, and they would judge them negatively, mm-hmm. in a sense like they didn't understand why they behaved or acted or dressed a certain way or behaved a certain way. And, and they would look at it like, well, what are these people? What's going on? And, I, and I'd looked at it as, well, this is what they believe, because I, I was in their families. I saw how they reacted to one another. I had a different empathy for them. So and do you, do you think up, that you, you know, were being the bridge, do you think that you were able to kind of open anyone's mind up, sort of explaining how you saw them with their humanity? Or? A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little, but not at the time a little bit, but much more later in, in my life, not in the very beginning, because in the beginning I, 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 I just kind of looked at both the parties weirdly saying, what, why do they, and I didn't understand what prejudice was. Mm-hmm. I understand today, as I'm an older person, but at the time, I didn't understand why people were prejudging other people. It didn't make any sense to me at the time. And then as how, I grew older... How did, the, how did the Orthodox treat you? Did you have pretty positive experiences, I'm saying, for you being an outsider yeah. to their community? I had very good uh, experiences in the Orthodox community. Uh, when I first started working in it, I didn't have a total understanding of it, but they, they always treated me very well and with respect and very kindly. And I was really impressed by how kind people were. I didn't know that to be part of my community, that people were as kind. They were really, everyone's very helpful and always giving a helping hand. And, uh, you know, it's a different mentality, clearly. Mm-hmm. But, and, it, and, and there's a lot of differences between people. But on the bottom line, after it's all said and done, we're the, kind of the same soup. So right. it's just a different headset. But I, I respected both sides of the fence. And I found later on as I got older that many of the people um, that I ran into, um, grew up, and they, they, I guess they got it, too, but it just seems to me to be uh, not a good thing that everyone is not taught more tolerance and understanding and empathy as opposed to prejudgment. I mean, you're what, you know, your uh, mission is basically the same as our mission. You're the one-man ventriloquist and comedian and breaking down the stereotypes, and we're doing it on social media. So now your life took a turn where you had Orthodox Jews in your childhood, and then suddenly, career-wise, you started interacting with the community a lot as well. Is that the case? Yeah. That's happened very much so in the last several years. I mean, I've been doing, I, I've been doing a lot of Orthodox parties over the last several years, but in the last couple of years, more than ever. And I, have to, I guess I have to thank this. I have a couple of Orthodox bookers that book me into these hmm. um, venues. And over just in the last few years, I've done so many of the uh, like Sheva Brachas, and 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 I have I didn't know what the words meant, and I just understood it was a wedding, but 
now we understand it's the seven blessings, and, and, and I got a better understanding of it as time went on. I mean, in fact, I did one last night in Lakewood, um, and I really I enjoy it. it. It's amazing. Do you, do I you love know that it. the vast I, majority of Jews have no idea what Sheva Brachos are either, and it's fabulous. You know, you're know. making me laugh, because that case in point, I'm talking to a friend of mine today about that, telling him what I did, and he's like, what? And, I'm, and he's Jewish, and I'm like, you don't know. I said, what's the matter? He's, he was my, uh, my chiropractor. I was telling him, and, I was, and he's like, he's Jewish, he doesn't know what it is. And I'm like, how do I know it, the kid from Brooklyn, how do I know? But I did one last night, and the, the, the family is just beautiful families. I mean, they're just, they were from Montreal. As a matter of fact, the poor girl couldn't get in, couldn't go, they were supposed to have the wedding in Montreal, and she couldn't because they wouldn't let her go through or something because she was American, they put handcuffs on I don't know what happened, but they ended up having it in Lakewood instead. And it was two, two different families, and it was a beautiful night, and I made them laugh. We were supposed to do a half hour, I did about an hour. They had a great, great time. And I walked out of there so elated and so happy to see this beautiful young couple getting married and, the, you know, the inspirations of what they want to do in the future. It was just great. I, I enjoyed it. And I see them not even as Jewish. I see them as people right. with the paradigm of Jewish that they, they follow. And, and I'm all good with it. And I really, I really would like to see more of a bridge between the Jewish community and the outside, or outside of the Orthodox community, that people understand that, without judgment, that these people are families and they're having, they're living their lives, doing what they believe is right. And for that, judgment is not the thing that needs to be uh, viewed upon. It needs to be acceptance, understanding, and empathy. And yet, Allison, ironically, I'm a comedian, and as a comedian, right. I, I see, even though I'm speaking to you now as a person. As a comedian, I will write jokes that are edgy and innuendo-ish and even bawdy, and yet that's not my my belief system. It's what I give to the people that... It's like a waiter. The waiter asks for, I'd like the fish, and you say, okay, I think you should try the chicken. He goes, I want the fish. You give them what they want. You don't right. necessarily... So I kind of deliver what people want. So what about venues. when you... I was going to ask you, do you have a kosher version of your show for the more kosher Absolutely. Rice? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, and that's another thing that's really uh, a funny thing. The, the kosher community is a huge, I guess, um, brush of color. It's not necessarily this kosher means that kosher. Everywhere you go, it's different. Um, and and everyone has a different inclination of what it's supposed to be, how clean you're supposed to be and how clean you're not. The kosher goes from A to Z. It's real, and, and I really, when I go into every event, I ask the people, can you please tell me what's acceptable, what's not? Is there something I should not bring up, something I should bring up? Is somebody I should speak to and somebody I shouldn't speak to? I really want to be very clear about the material so that it, it works. And, and by doing that, I, can, I get a good beat on the audience and have a good time with it. And it's also an empathy thing, because while you're doing comedy, it sometimes can be skewing on some level. So you need to, it's, it's like juggling knives without dropping them and falling off a rope. It's, it's really, it's a tightrope of, of difficulty, <laughs> but I love it. It's it's a it's a fun thing to do. It it makes it makes you sharp all the time. And um, I go from one diverse crowd where they say they're simply like you have to be like extremely extremely clean. Nothing. Don't even speak to the women. And there's a separation between them. With the they put up that wall between them on the left and right. right. And then there's other places yeah. where it's much more much more liberal. Right. Um, totally, and um, I'm just thinking, and and I assume they, you know, one of my misunderstandings uh, or stereotypes about Orthodox Jews or Hasidic Jews, I kind of blended the two. I didn't know the difference growing up, 
I thought that they were always ultra serious and super serious looking, walking down the street of Manhattan and just never a smile. Yeah. But you've seen this crowd smile and laugh, I imagine, right? Yeah, you're right about that, though. I, I, I notice that even when you walk through Borough Park or, or Muncie, or, they're walking very quickly and they're on their way, you know, on the phone, they're doing their, their business or whatever, and they're very fast about what they're doing, it seems. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I see them in another environment. I'm at their at Parham or their Passover or, or Hanukkah or whatever party, and now they're family-oriented and, they're, and they're, they're loosening up, they're enjoying each other's company. I see the men dancing with one another, hugging one another, behaving in ways that are, that it's so unlike, you know, your just quick perception if you see when you're driving by. Uh, I've seen, I have a friend of mine named Gershi that I was at a party in the summer. We were in the backyard doing a performance for a bunch of, all, it was all men, actually. And they had a couple of drinks, and everyone's, and I went up and roasted a birthday guy, and we had a great time. And, and uh, at the end, they hit the music, and they get up, and they're all dancing with one another, and and the girl, she's like, come on, give me a hand, jump in here with us. And I, to me, I, I, it was unorthodox to me to jump in it. I never danced with a man, ever. But yet, <laughs> in this culture, it's all acceptable. So me, I'm standing there, like, frightened, like, I can't do that. That's not my M.O. <laughs> it's not my pay rate. Um, so it's, it's amazing to see them in this different environment behaving in, in ways that are just beautiful human beings having a good time, enjoying one another's company. It's just, again... It's the humanity of it that makes me so that makes me smile and enjoy it all. I, and I, I'd love to be the guy to somehow bridge this between the two worlds because for some reason there's 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 a huge huge disparity between people's perceptions and the reality of what it is. Now I'm sure, and I'm not being negative. When I say I'm sure that people in the Jewish community that are Orthodox are not good people. There must be somebody that does something. For sure not right, there but, are, and for and for us, really yeah. the challenge is that. Um, you know, sometimes people write in to tell me that someone was rude to them or, you know, push them or, and I feel awful because like, you know, when a, a would-be a convert came to one of our greatest rabbis, Hillel, and said to him, tell me the Torah on one foot, he said, what is hurtful to you, don't do to another, the rest is commentary. So to be a wow. good person, Great. to be a mensch, this is, you know, this is the most basic thing of being an observant Jew. And so, unfortunately, the bad guys stick out, the ones that are abusing or cheating the government, or they're the ones that make the headlines getting carted right. off in handcuffs, the ones that, you know, are pushy and rude, they're the ones that, you know, catch people's attention. And all the, you know, nice moments of happiness that you're talking about, or all the people that have Shabbos tables, you know, for the weekly Sabbath, where they just have an open mm-hmm. door and just people coming in by the droves. Nobody knows about those. Nobody talks about those. And so those stories get untold and they get, you know, unknown. And it's really, it's really a shame. So let me ask you, as an adult, yeah. now that you have, an, you know, interactions with Orthodox Jews at a sort of an adult level, have you tried talking about these things with people in your community or people in your world to kind of... Yeah, absolutely. I, I, especially if I get any negative or I, I get any push that... You know, oh, these people, and I'm like, you don't, you don't. I tell people, you don't understand. You're not, you're not. I'd like you to come spend a week with these people and understand what's happening here. It's, it's miscommunication, or misinterpretation, or prejudice. It's not necessarily. I, I found that there's so many great Orthodox people in the community. I'm, I'd be, be clearly honest with you, Allison. I'm impressed at how strong of a community it is. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed at how they stick together. I'm impressed at how loving they are to some of their families. 
mm-hmm. and I'm also impressed at the at the at the level of humanity that they have amongst one another, the way mm-hmm. they, they emotionally support one another in all these different ways, and the way they're willing to give a hand. I don't find that in a lot of other communities. I work as an entertainer. I, you know, as an entertainer, I have this great uh, thing in front of me where I'm able to perform all kinds of things in front of all kinds of people and travel around the country. So I get to see a really cross cut of everything, and that you know, I may be doing a Chinese New Year for Asian people, and then I may go do Muslims for their their Ramadan you know holiday, and then I may you know do a Christmas party for uh, people do, you know doing their holiday parties, and the differences between them is I I don't everyone kind of clicks together and stays within their own unit. The difference I think between them is that in the Orthodox community. I think they're so over-involved in it that that they're not opening up to the others to let them know how good they are. Mm-hmm. I think they're just, it's, it's kind of encapsulated on some level. So um, I think another thing yet, that I've noticed um, that could be a problem, the Jews that are more, the Orthodox Jews that are more interactive and kind of more open and, you know, more integrated in the world are the ones kind of more like me that blend more. So we're dressing kind of more American style. The men don't always wear the yarmulkes at work. The women either don't cover their hair or wear wigs that blend. And so people yeah. in my community might not look as outwardly orthodox. When you move into the ultra-orthodox world, which includes the Hasidic community, because they generally are more insular, um, a lot of them have memories of Europe, of the anti-Semitism there, of the pogroms where... Uh-huh. All sorts of awful things happened, um, and so there's for some of them there is a fear of the outside, and so even though and I look at it and I think like you know you're the most you know visibly Jewish looking like you know smile a little bit a little bit more or you know interact a little bit more like show them that you know you're a good person that you know you have similar values um, you know in terms of kind of just the general mankind you know wanting you know goodness and happiness sort of thing um, and. There's a little bit of a blockage there because I think they do carry the memories of, you know, kind of uh, a few generations back uh, more strongly. I can see that, but, you know, interestingly enough, I, I haven't experienced that as much as it may exist. Hmm. I, I find, and, and I don't know if it's because I'm an entertainer, I mean, I clearly don't look like an orthodox guy. I have sure. bleached hair and I wear flout clothes. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not that guy. Yeah. Like, and yet, like, even last night I go into this, this uh, restaurant, uh, you know, kosher restaurant in Lakewood to do this event, and I'm there early and I'm set up, and the owner of the restaurant comes, oh, you're going to tell me, oh, listen, would you like something to eat? Can I get you some coffee? Uh, they're so kind and generous to me. With the minute I walk in, and I'm clearly the only, I'm, I'm the alien in the restaurant. I'm the odd guy out, mm. and yet I'm being treated very, very well. And when I see that, it just puts a smile on my face and makes me love the community more. And I get a lot of that. Everywhere I go, I haven't experienced a lot of negativity or people shunning me because I'm not part of the community. It's just the opposite, actually. And that, again, makes it grow, your heart grow fonder towards the people. I love hearing this because I think sometimes even, you know, people within the community need reminders about kind of the goodness that exists and the kindness that exists because, again, we kind of keep hearing these sto- the negative stories and the negative accounts and the whatever, how many of those are out there, they reverberate and it feels like maybe that's the majority of us when, you know, we need the reminder of kind of what our values actually are. Now you had, now now to get back to how we originally connected, there was a posting on Facebook that you put out. I think it probably got a whole bunch of shares. You were driving somewhere 
and you got some yeah. car trouble, and you got some help by uh, by this community. Very, it's a really interesting story, but I, I can't express how frustrated I was this night because I was twisted. And what happened was, I had I had had uh, this agent Gershi book me for two jobs in uh, Monticello, mm-hmm. very late night, like maybe I don't know, mid eleven thirty and one a.m. or something like that, you know. And I had picked up a last-minute show in Staten Island, like at eight o'clock or something. So, I, I I perform the show in Staten Island, and then I pack up and I get in a car and I'm I'm racing to Monticello to do an like eleven o'clock show somewhere at one of the, at one of the um, gated communities, or whatever. I'm not even sure what you call those communities. I'm sorry, but some of them. Oh, are like, like a bungalow colony, that sort of a thing. Yeah, are they are they called cockalanes? Is that what it's called? <laughs> like, a, is that what, am I the right term? I was oh told gosh, that. no! Where it's uh, it's a little bit not. I, I've heard of bungalow colony, but it could be there's like a Yiddish word that you've been exposed to. I you might you might be uh, schooling me on some Jewish topics soon, John. Uh, I'm so I was glad told you... it, so I don't know. I may be pronouncing it incorrectly, but no, I, yeah, I, so, I, I, I know... certainly don't know every. I certainly don't know every Yiddish term. I I'm still learning myself. <laughs> so you find you went to this community in, in Monticello. The greatest Yiddish joke too is that my my name is John, but my Yiddish my name is Yach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Yach. So I was, yeah, I was performing. I had a show at 11, 11.30, somewhere at a bungalow colony, if you will. And then, and then after that, I had like a 12.30, 1 o'clock or something at uh, the Raleigh Hotel. So I'm buzzing up there very quickly, probably speeding up there, and I'm on the Jersey Turnpike near the Meadowlands, and I get a flat in my front tire. I'm like, oh, no. Huh. And now I have in my car a ton of equipment. I have birds, rabbit, several dummies, puppets, sound systems, <laughs> clothes to change to, to be more conservative for this group and not be loud like the first show, you know, all this yeah. stuff. And it's like 8 or 9, 9.30 or 10, and, and I, I, I blow out this flat on the, on the turnpike. I pull off to the side. I'm in the Meadowlands. You look to the right, there's nothing but, like, all the leaves. And I, I don't know, it looks like the kind of place they bury people from <laughs> on the movies or whatever. And I'm really upset, and I'm like, oh, no. And then I know I don't have time to call a truck or do any of this or rent a car. I'm supposed to be there in an hour and a half, you know, and... So I know I have a, a, a I have a brand new car and I have a donut. So I I pull everything out of the car and it's starting to rain a little bit and and I pull everything out of the car and it's like you know five or six different boxes of dummies and the birds and the rabbit. I pull up the thing, it's starting to rain. And I open up the book and I'm starting to read and I, and I can't and I don't have my glasses and I'm not able to read the fine print of where the tire is and how to do it. So after it's all said and done, I actually get. The tire changed. I look on videos on my phone on YouTube on how to find things and do things, and I get it all going in the rain, and I'm a mess. I'm, I'm wet. My hair's all wet. My my hands are dirty. My clothes are dirty, and I get the front tire on, and it says you're supposed to drive to a gas station and only supposed to go 40 miles or something on this on this mm-hmm. donut. It's not a real tire. It's a donut. Yeah. So now Monticello from the Meadowlands is like 80 or 90 miles left or whatever, and I'm thinking, oh no. I'm going to get there. Maybe I should sleep over. I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. And I don't want to make this into a long story, but I'm really frustrated and upset, and I'm all dirty, sweaty, and hot and yicky, and I put everything back in the car, and I get, I, I call the agent, and I tell him I'm running late, and he's like, do the best you can, but don't hurry. And he, he was really nice. He said, don't kill yourself. We're going to be here. Don't worry about it. Do the best you can, and we'll take you from there. Mm. So I get to the first event, and I drive there, and I'm all sweaty, and, and they tell me, relax, come in, and do your, your thing. And I, I get changed, I clean up, I wash my hands. I, they, and it's running late. I'm there like 45 minutes late to the first job. 
and all of these Orthodox guys in, in their outfits, dressed well, white shirts and black pants and the whole thing, come out and help me. And they all grab all the equipment from my car and help me take it in. Hmm. And I go and I do the show, and then they all help me carry it out because they know I'm in a rush. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, these people are like, like angels, you know. So I do that, and then I run over to the Raleigh Hotel, and again, they help me in. All these people help me in. I get in, and I do an hour and 15-minute show. I'm supposed to do 45 minutes, but they're great. We do an hour and 15-minute show, and now I, I pack out. It's 3 a.m., and I put everything back in my car. And this, this problem of I have to now drive 140 miles home, and I have a job at noon the next day near Lakewood. Mm. And no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Lakewood, yeah. And it's gnawing in my mind what to do. Like, what do I do? I have this donut. I really shouldn't drive all the way home. And they're telling me maybe you could get up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. and go to a place. But who's up at 5 a.m. to get a new tire or to repair it or put it? What gas station is open on a Sunday morning at 5 a.m.? And I have to be back at noon dressed, cleaned up, and ready to perform a show at noon in Lakewood. And I'm I'm so frustrated. And the guys can, these gentlemen there can see I'm frustrated. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, uh, two Orthodox guys wearing, I don't know what the words are for those clothes, but. It's that, that shawl sure. with that they... Oh, a okay, talus? You're you. saying the shawl? Yeah, it's like a shawl with um, it's white and it's strings. square. Yeah. So it's a talus. They were dressed very oh, well. Oh, is it like a poncho over, like a poncho? Yeah, like a poncho over the regular black and white outfit. Yeah, yeah, so that that's called sitzes. Those, there's those there's pictures of it on my Facebook. If you pull down, you can see them all down there. Yeah, so but, it's sitzes, you know, yeah. They're all dressed well, and the guy says to me, I could help you. I'm from, Sha- I think it's called Shavram. Am I saying that right? Showerum? Showerum. Hoverum? And this is near Lakewood? And they're in Brooklyn. Uh, okay. no, they're in oh, Brooklyn. Oh, Haverum. Ch- Haverum? Haverum. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry I don't have that. See, I'm not that oh, cooked in the Jewish community. Haverum, yeah. The only thing I know is good pastrami. So I, I tell them, I, I'm so stuck. And they're like, I can help you. And he goes, don't worry. We'll hook you up. And I'm like, what are you going to do? He goes, don't worry. And, they, and they, I'm outside. And it's 3.30 a.m., and they pull that car around. They put the lights on in the car, and the guy takes him and another gentleman take my car and start jacking it up. And I'm like, me, help me. No, no, no. We'll do it. And he has in, the, in there a can that's silver with pressure to put air in my tire. And they just pop off my tire. Uh, you know, we, they, pop, they find a hole in it. They, they repair it. Hmm. They put it back on. They bring it down. They check the pressure on all my tires. The guy's all dirty now. He's a mess. And I, I am like... Oh, my goodness, you guys are the greatest people in the world. It's 3.30 a.m. They don't have to do this, and they're filthy dirty, and they wouldn't let me do it with them. And I said, please let me do anything for you. Can I, uh, here, I, I pull out, I had in my pocket a bunch of money. It was like two or $300. I said, please take this. I can't tell you how much stress you're taking off my life right now because I didn't know what to do, and I was really stuck. And they wouldn't take the money, and I, and I felt even worse. And then I was like, please take it. And they're like, no. And he, I said, what are you from? He tells me he's from Havram and that, they're located in right. Brooklyn, and yeah, and that they, 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 they do this to help people that are stuck in the Jewish community and anyone else. And I'm like, this is the greatest organization. What can I do for you? Nothing. And I'm like, I want to do something. So they tell me, well, we're having a fundraiser. Do you mind, you know, would you maybe want to stop in? And I said, okay. And, and it just never happened. It was sometime in October. And, um, and I, I don't know, I was hoping they would call me. Like, I was willing to come do a show for them, or they, they didn't call, and... I didn't even know when it was. It was something about it. And, and here's the irony, too. The next day, Sunday, I had a 12 o'clock show in, in Lakewood, New Jersey. It wasn't for Jewish people, I don't believe, but it was at a theater, a 
you know, gated community of some seniors or whatever. You know, I, I got home at like 6 a.m. I slept three, four hours, took a shower, and got out in my car and just drove to this next job. I slept, and I did the job. And I'm driving home. I'm driving through Lakewood. I'm stopped at a light. And I looked on my left, and I see this Havarum truck mm. standing, sitting there mm. and next to, like, this warehouse. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's the guy from last night. That's the organization. So mm. I pull my car into the driveway. I get out, and there's a gentleman there, a Jewish guy, and I said, I said, these people help me. I told him the whole story. And he goes, that's what we do. And I, I explained to him the whole story. So I took a picture of him next to the truck. Mm. And, uh, and I start driving home, and, and I'm thinking to myself, the synchronicity of this whole event was so bizarre to me that um, I, I it just, again, have a huge affinity for these people. And I haven't been able to pay back these people for this yet either at all. So, John, so we're, we are out of time, but I'll just let you know that... Um, the, the beacon of positivity and the mantle, you know, of, of the way that you're carrying these stories. and the, uh, this, is, this is payback for our community. We, it's a misunderstood and, unfortunately, a pretty hated community. Um, and not only will your story, um, and I know for sure people listening, um, we're going to write this up also on JumanCity.com afterwards, you're going to remind the community themselves how special they are you're going to be able to break down those barriers for all the people that have misunderstood. So I thank you so much for your time, so much for your uh, story, so much for your you know um, bridge building, and um, I'm so glad that we connected. I appreciate it, Allison, and I don't think it's hate, it's ignorance. Okay, that's a good connection. It's a good correction. I appreciate that. Okay, and thank you thank so you much for, for listening on. today. Thank you much for, so much for joining us, John, and we will be here next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye.